And amen, amen. Yeah, you can give God a clap of praise, a shout of praise. It's been good to celebrate Him. Thank Him for all He's done. And you can grab a seat. Well, it is uh, great to be with you this morning. If we have not met personally, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team here at True North. And, uh, and we are going to uh, get into our second week uh, of party theology. And what we are looking at uh, is this theme of celebration, joy, banquets and parties that runs right across uh, the whole of this book, of the scriptures. And uh, one of the things that, you know, I, I just want you to know this as well, if we haven't met or, you know, like first time here, you may never have heard this about me. You might have read this about me. Maybe it's one of the reasons you're here today. Uh, I was actually voted in 1996 best dancer of my high school in Talmadge, Ohio. Uh, my graduating class, best dancer in 1996. No, no, stop. I, I know, I know. It's, uh, it's a big deal. I know for some of you, you've, uh, you've, you know, that's, you've, you've heard of that and, and, and that kind of the, I guess, you know, sort of the excitement around that maybe is lost for you a little bit and what a big deal that is. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it was... It was a big deal, and, uh, and I still have that on my wall. And, um, but anyway, I'm just kidding. Now, I, I actually, I'm not a really a good dancer, but this is the reason I'm good for this. I'm someone who loves a celebration and who loves a party and some joy. And so I love thinking about, you know, and realizing that actually that part of me is something that's very close to the heart of God. Because across the scriptures, so often when God wants to describe for us and help us understand what it means to know him and walk in the ways he has for us, what's often called the kingdom of God, he often reaches for the picture of a banquet and a party. And, and here's the thing is that party, uh, uh, the picture of a party sometimes gets a little bit uh, broken, distorted, corrupted in our culture. And we're trying to understand what is actually uh, the celebration that God has for us look like. Does that sound good? So we're going to get into today, uh, it's kind of a thinking a little bit about the guest list and who ends up at the party. This is a parable, it's a story that Jesus tells uh, about what he, it's often called here, the parable of the great banquet, this great celebration that God's going to have for all people. And Jesus tells a parable about it. And it goes like this. It says, when one of those at the table, Jesus is actually at a, a Sabbath day uh, feast around a table with some people. It's its own kind of sort of weekly party, if you will. Uh, and it says they're around the table, and it says this. When one of those at the table with him heard this, they've been talking about kind of, you know, who's, who's, who to invite to parties and sort of party guest list type things. He said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied. He said, well, there's a certain man who was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come, for everything's now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Let me hear you say excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. He didn't even say, please excuse me. He just said, I got married, and he apparently thought that was enough. The servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became uh, angry, and he ordered his servant, well, then go out quickly. And go out into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, he went and he did that. He said, sir, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in. Compel them to come in so that not 
so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now, this is a story Jesus is going to tell to try and help uh, the people he's there with understand some things about this banquet, about the party, about the celebration, and what it means to live in the celebration and joy that is the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I love about this story. It kind of starts this way. We'll back up, back to verse 15. You know, they're sitting around the the table, and they're starting to talk about different things. They're having conversation, and things are flowing. And and one of the guys is like, he's kind of like, oh, hey, I got one for you, Jesus. Check this out. You know, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. This was something they believed and they rallied around, and it's true. He's exactly right. You know, the one who gets to eat at this banquet that's coming, the feast that God has prepared for when uh, one day he makes all things new and, and God is shown to be king and his ways are the best and he fixes everything that's broken with the world, that's what the ultimate feast will be about. And this guy's like, hey, blessed is the one who's going to be at that feast. But I love it says, and Jesus replied. Now here's the thing, when you're at a party with Jesus and you're like, hey Jesus, I got one for you. What you're really looking for is, yes, that's right. But I love, I feel like it's kind of like a high five moment. This guy's like, hey Jesus, you know, blessed is one who eats at that banquet, right? Am I right? High five. And Jesus is like, right, I'm going to tell you a story, you know. I want to make sure you get something here. I want to make sure, it says he replied, not with uh, telling him whether what he said was good or bad. It's like he wants him to understand something. He says, here's what it's kind of like. Here's who's going to be there. Yes, you are blessed to be at this banquet, but here's who will end up there. And he tells them this story. And he says, first, there is like this first group of people that we read about. And we're going to call them the invited. Let me hear you say the invited. The invited people are those who make the first cut. They're the ones who are like the VIPs. They always get invited. They're always on the guest list. And we're told that this invitation goes out to them first. And the way a party worked in their days was you got an initial invitation. You said yes or you said no. And then if you said yes, eventually a servant would come and tell you uh, it's ready. The time's ready. You know, it's, it's all prepared. The banquet's there. It's come on. Now's the time. So all of the people in this first category said yes to the initial invite. Like the the invite came, they click going, and they're like, yes, I'll be there. But then once the day rolls around, and they get the, hey, come on. They're like, you know what, actually, sorry, just bought a field. Sorry, just bought some oxen. Sorry, just got married. In all three of these cases, these are good things in their lives. But they're allowing them to become an excuse that keeps them from the greater thing they've been invited to. And you, you see in this, and, and you can tell, these are just excuses. They're just ways to kind of go, you know what, I'm not sure I can be bothered because I've got, I've got, you know, I just bought a field. i got to go check it out. And you kind of know this is a bit of an excuse because like, you tell me you bought a field and you didn't look at it first. You know, it's an excuse when you're like, I got five oxen, but I got to go see how they go. You know, like what, you didn't check them before you bought them? I just got married. You tell me you didn't know that back when you said yes to this? It's a picture of what it's like when some of the good things in our life, we just start to allow them to become an excuse that keeps us from some of the greater things that actually God might want for our life. Can I tell you, I think one of the greatest things that can keep us from experiencing all of the goodness and joy that God has for our lives is we just, we don't realize how great his invitation is. And 
because we have some good things, we can end up missing this greater thing that he had for us. You know, uh, several years back, I was leading a group of um, students. I was part of a team leading a group of students from where I was at, uh, studying in New York to China. We went there for a month. We were going there to teach English, and it was kind of a, a way to go in and be able to talk to uh, kids and, and teenagers. We were teaching high schoolers English. Um, and along the way, you got to tell them about all kinds of, you know, different English celebrations like the birth of Jesus at Christmas and the resurrection of Jesus at Easter and lots of things you couldn't talk about otherwise. But, you know, so it was that kind of thing. And it was such a great time, but we were in China for about a month total. And I can remember at about three weeks in, uh, we'd gotten to be really close with the students. They are like, hey, on Saturday, how about we take you around town. We want to show you all our favorite things. So we went with all these students for the day. We went to the arcade. They took us to get bubble tea before, you know, when bubble tea had made its way everywhere around the world. We went uh, to go karaoke with them and, you know, rent a room and, and just, we said, we had this incredible day with them and we'd been out all day hanging with these students and it was fun. The high schoolers had a great time all around this particular city and and it started getting later in the day and one of the kids whose English wasn't that great yet, someone else must have been teaching him, not me. And, um, but he started saying, hey, my mom is making you dinner tonight. And it was getting late in the afternoon. He's like, my mom's making you dinner tonight. Now, a lot of our team that were there, uh, there were some who were like, you know what, I'm just tired. Like, we've been out all day. We've been karaoke in, and we've been walking around the city. And we've been, I'm tired. I'm tapping out. And so people from our team started kind of tapping out and heading back. Sorry, it's getting late. I'm going. I'm going. And I was like, oh, man, I, I don't want to be rude here. And, and, and so we're still going. And I'm like, Hey, man, you know what? Don't, don't worry about it. Like, tell your mom it's all right. We'll, we'll get dinner. And he's like, no, no, no. My mom's making you dinner. He, couldn't, he didn't say a whole lot else. Just my mom is making you dinner. And, uh, and, and so we're, 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 we're walking and we're going further across the city. And then somehow someone got word to me, maybe somebody else from our team from New York. And they said, um, and we've been in China for, for three weeks now. We've had noodles for breakfast, lunch, dinner. We've had, you know, like just different, you know, like real Chinese food, not like, you know, you get at a Chinese food restaurant. And I was from New York, minus even further afield from. So someone comes to me and tells me now, I, I think there's a KFC in this part of town. I'm like, are you kidding me, KFC? KFC here where we are in the middle of China? Like there's a KFC? And then, you know, I'm like, hey, man, that's so nice to your mom. Like I so appreciate that she would make us dinner, but... Um, we'll be all right. We'll be all right, okay? We're going to go. I'll take them. I couldn't inconvenience your mom. It's okay. I just bought some field and some ox. I got to check it out and make sure. And the ox are at KFC, and I know that's weird because they do chicken, but whatever. <laughs> and he's like, my mom is making you dinner. And I'm picturing to myself, like, what do you mean your mom is making us dinner? Like, there's like, you know, now still like 15 of us. I'm picturing we're going to be in like this giant block apartment. It's going to be this tiny little one-room apartment in some kind of, you know, just totally plain communist building. And it'll be like, oh, my gosh. Now we're all crammed in this little apartment eating. And I'll, I'm like, it's okay. He's like, my mom is making it. I'm finally like, okay, cool. All right. His mom has made us dinner. I go to the team. I'm like, guys, forget it. KFC is out. His mom is making us dinner. We're going to go have dinner with his mom. And this is all the stuff in my head. And I'm like, man, it's late and I'm tired and I'm not a KFC. And we're going to, where does his mom even live? And we're walking and walking and walking. And we finally round a corner and we suddenly turn a corner and we see this behind us. I got a photo of it here when we rounded this corner. We'll see if this is it. So we round this corner and I'm like, oh, 
oh, your mom is making us dinner here. <laughs> like, I, I didn't really picture the kind of place your mom was going to make us dinner. And we rounded, and you can see the joy on Lisa's face because <laughs> we, we were not sure where we were headed. And we suddenly round the corner, we're like, are you kidding me? And now we go into this place. We're behind to get into this place. We went past armed security guards. We had no idea where we were going. We thought we may, you know, die wherever we're going. And now we come to this place. You can see it open. We went up to the, I think it was the second floor up there. All those windows open. And here's the picture of the table. And we find ourselves not crammed in some little dingy room. We sit down at a banquet table that was perhaps the greatest food experience of my life when you put it all together. And we sit around this table and realize it, his, his mom was not even there. Like, she didn't even cook it. We were served by chefs. Like, and it was a private banquet just for us. And, and I'd come to find out his mom's like one of the most powerful people in the whole city. His dad's like the chief of police or something. I mean, like people who found out where we went were like, you can't even go in that place. And we're like, we had a private catered banquet in that place. And here's what I was sitting there thinking, me and my young self. I haven't changed in like 18 years. Like, can we, can we all agree with that? You're like, I, I know which one you are, Dean. So that's, uh, <laughs> obviously I haven't changed much. But we're sitting there. And I was just thinking the whole time, you know, I mean, there was people who tapped out and went home. There was people, you know, and I was thinking to myself, I almost chose KFC <laughs> over this, over this, over a feast, over a chef prepared the table spinning, over a banquet. And I, I say all that to say, you know, and that also just says Seven's the one with the sleeveless tank top with his arm wrapped around his mate next to him. That kid's name was Shark Yao. So these were the English names they chose. I'll, I'll just tell you this for fun, but you know, isn't it cool what names uh, people choose? Like, so he chose Seven to be his English name for the time. Um, if anyone's having a baby soon, that one's up for grabs. Seven, it's a beautiful name. Uh, another guy's name was Shark Yao because he was a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal, who we might have called Shaq, but he called Shark. And so he made his name Shark Yao because Yao Ming as well. And they were, these were some of the most just incredible kids. We had the most incredible time. It was literally one of the most incredible feasts I've ever had. We ended up walking around this private garden afterward where all these kids sang songs and serenaded each other. It was literally a scene out of a movie. And you're just like, I almost missed it. Almost missed it all. And the point of this story, I think, that should uh, be for all of us is that this, war, this kind of warning, this Jesus kind of going, don't miss it. God has a banquet prepared for you. A feast. A party. The picture of the banquet in the scriptures is a picture of joy and celebration and all the goodness of creation and, and just kind of the best of what life gets like. This is what God has for us. The best picture you can reach for is it's going to be like the greatest feast and party you've ever had. So don't miss it. You see Jesus saying to these people like, yeah, you got the invitation. You're welcome at it. But boy, it's so easy to miss this because you get so preoccupied with other good things. And you have so little vision for how great this banquet actually is. Do you know one of the challenges I want to encourage you, you see in this, and we're going to see the second group of people in just a moment. But 
this first group of people, we call them the invited. If you're a person who's been a part of a church or a part of faith or the scriptures have been a part of your life for a long time or anything like that, can I tell you something? For, and that's my story and that's what uh, kind of my life. I've, uh, you know, grew up in a family that pointed me towards faith, all those things. What we have to realize if you find yourself in that group of people is it's so easy to become the invited who just have so many kind of good things going on that the, the, the greatness of the invitation gets lost on us. And we can end up like, yeah, God, I know, and I want to be signed up, but actually I got some ox, and actually I got a field, and actually I just got a relationship going on. I got some good things happening in my life, and we end up letting those keep us from the greater things that God has for us. The joy, because the banquet that Jesus talks about, the kingdom is not just someday in the future. What you'll see Jesus say over and over is it's, it's in the future and it's also breaking in now. The joy of this banquet is not just for someday, it's also for today. But we miss it today so often because we're preoccupied with other things. You know, the second group of people in this story is the uninvited. Let me hear you say the uninvited. You know, the uninvited in this story, so the master of the banquet and Jesus' little story for us goes, okay. So they said they wanted to come, and then when the party kind of came, they were like too busy with the other things. He goes, I want you to go out, and I want you to go and invite the, the lame and the crippled and the blind. And I want you to bring them to my party, because I'm having a party. I'm going to have a party, and it's going to be full. It's going to be going off. It's going to be a great feast. I will not let anything stop that. And so if the people who are too preoccupied with all the good things are not interested in my party, I want you to go to the uninvited. And the uninvited are the people in Jesus' context that were always on the outside looking in. Like if the invited are the VIPs who always make the cut, who always get the invite, these were the who me's. These were the kind of people who got the invite and like, what, who me? Like, I don't usually get invited to these parties. These are the people who were always on the outside looking in. In fact, after the first group is brought in, he says, no, 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 keep going. Go out in the country laneways, go as far as you can. He says, you're going to have to compel them to come in. Do you know why this group of people needs compelled to come in? Because they're so shocked that they've even been invited, they can't believe that they are welcome at this table. These are the who me's. The master of the bank is like, you're going to have to compel them. You're going to have to convince them. You're going to have to let them know this is not an accident. They are welcome at the feast. They're welcome at the party because it's the kind of people who are so used to feeling like, nah, that's probably for somebody else but not for me. The uninvited. And I think part of the message of this story is how do you have the heart of the uninvited? Because that's who gets to taste the banquet. It's not, not the people who are just, oh, always getting, I got so many good things going on. I can't, I can't. The people who get to taste this banquet are the uninvited, are those who aren't used to being welcomed at this table. You know, a few weeks ago, our, our car, just before we had actually gone on a trip, it had died. It turned out to be the alternator. I'd kind of gotten it back into our garage, came back, called the tow truck because it needed towed to get repaired. Open the garage door, the guys, yep, I'm outside. I open the garage door, and uh, the tow truck uh, guy comes into my garage, and he's looking at me and, and kind of looking at me a little bit funny. And I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm Dean. And he's, like, looking at me a little bit funny, and I'm like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, I, best answer, 1996, is that just, I don't, maybe saw it, seen it, and he's like, yeah, no, just, but uh, no, he's looking at me, and he goes, hey, um, are, you from, are you from True North? 
And I'm like, well, why don't you maybe tell me why you wonder that? And then I'll tell you if I'm from True North, you know. Question go a lot of directions. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm from True North. And he, and he says, you know, that do the, the do the carols? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's the, you know, the carols. Also, someone's phone's ringing. What's some? Um, I'm just going to, where is it? Is it? All right, we'll see who it is. Oh, here we go. Wait, I'm. Dave, do you mind if I just ring it? Do you want me just to let him know? Hey, this is Dean. <laughs> is it, hello? Dave's, um, I, I, think, I think he's backstage. I think he's in the green room. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Dave? Hey, is Dave back there? Can you see if? He's busy. All right, I'm sorry. Bob said he's busy, but he'll be free at about 1230. You can give him a buzz. All right, cheers. Bye. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, I that's good. Anyway, I'll just let that guy know. So uh, I'm sure Dave will get him back later. <laughs> and uh, so what, as we were saying, what had happened was, and um, so I'm, uh, I'm in the garage. This guy walks in. And, and, you know, and he's like, you know, oh, from the carols. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the carols. I'm like, which one were you at? You know, were you at Heathridge or Marrow? He's oh, I was at the one in Marrow. I went there last year. And he's like, I can't believe, he's like, I can't believe it's you. And I'm like, here I am. <laughs> also, could you come talk to my church on a Sunday? Because, like, you're excited. And I get up and usually they're like, I can't believe it's you. You know, just, <laughs> I had thought we had Michelle today. But, you know, just, he's like, I can't believe it's you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and he starts unpacking it for me. He goes, look, man, you don't, you don't understand. That video you did last year, I was there, and you did that video. He goes, I think about it all the time. He goes, we were there. He goes, he goes just a few weeks ago even, I was thinking to myself, I wish there was some way I could contact that guy. Because there's some things going on in my life, and I just thought maybe I better be good if I talk to him. He goes, we were there that night. He goes, that was the most unbelievable night. It was incredible. All the energy, the excitement. He's like, there's just something about what was happening. There was something about it. And he's just going on about how incredible it was. He repeated back to me parts of the messages, parts I'd forgotten. I'm like, I don't remember saying that. But, man, that's really good. Like, I, I'm going to think about that this week, you know. And, and, and he was just telling me all about his experience. And because that was new to him. Now, some of us, some of us in this room even you help with them or been to him or been to him for years and all that kind of thing. And we just lose the fact that, man, these are incredible things to be part of. Why had I forgotten even about parts of the message? Well, because I've, I've given probably 100 messages about how much God loves us since then. So used to it, so familiar, I forget that how radical this is. And lose the appreciation for how great is the invitation God has for us. He was thinking about it all the time. He said he heard that week that it was just about 100 or so days till Christmas. And he goes, and all I thought was, that means it's about 100 or so days till carols. That's what he was thinking. He told me about this. How about, how's this for a, a different kind of response? I mean, even some of us, if we're used to, too used to being a part of environments and situations and opportunities where we get to know who and how great God is, we can end up feeling a little bit like the invited where we're just like, well, it's just another thing. You know what? I got some other stuff going on. 
You know, that night he told me they were at the Carols. He had his son there. He's like, man, I had my son there. He's 17 years old. He's a footy player. And so it makes it hard for Sundays. But, you know, I said to him after, I'm like, hey, man, would you, would you want to go to church there? He goes, he looked at me. He goes, shit, yeah, I would. <laughs> That's how the uninvited respond. They're like, this, yes, I want some of that. And, and here's what I love about that and reminds me. It's like, man, the difference between, in this story, the invitation goes every which way to every person. And the difference between those who taste the banquet and those who don't is all wrapped up in one thing. How do you respond to that invitation? Yeah, it's good, but I got some other stuff going on. Or come on, I'm going to be there. You know? Like, yes, I want that. And, and I think one of the things that we as a people, and I want you to know if you're here today and you're sort of like, you know what, I'm not used to being in an environment like this. And I don't know if this is actually for me. The great news of this story, just know you of all people, like soak it up. What you've heard and what you'll sing about and knowing that God is for you and his kindness is there in your life and mercy and all those things. It's for you. That's what this story reminds us. Now the real challenge is how do all of us, how do all of us, Align ourselves as, in this parable, the uninvited. Everyone's invited. But in this story, it's a picture of how do we stay the uninvited. And the difference between these two groups of people is all found in this. Here's the doorway to the party. Here's the entry point to the joy of the kingdom. Here's how you step into it is in an attitude of humility and gratitude. The, 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 the people in the second are the people who are like, they got to be compelled to come in. You, you, they're the ones going, who, me? The first group's just like, yeah, I get invited all the time, no worries. Whatever, it's good, but I got some other stuff going on. The people who get to taste the banquet, it says they won't, they'll never taste that banquet. But you will taste it when we open that doorway with humility and with gratitude. With the kind of response that says, God, your love in my life is not something... I can put to the side and think, all oh, this, you know, and the invitation to walk with you and to know you and to live in the joy of the kingdom now and then to be found at that table and that banquet and that feast. God, thank you that we should all be people who respond that way. That's what gives us joy. You know, I find myself so often when I think about this parable and I kind of ask myself, you know what, it's Tuesday. It's 6.07 p.m. Am I living at the banquet or am I preoccupied with other things keeping me from the banquet? Am I allowing the worries and concerns of this life and the other things my mind is on to keep me from just beginning to enjoy the banquet now? I can have joy now. I can live in the kingdom, not then, now. And the more we do that, the more we learn to live in the joy of the kingdom, in the banquet now, in the, in the celebration of what God has for us. The more that begins to just illuminate our lives, the more readily we are able to compel others and bring them along with us into the banquet. Now we all have pain, we all have challenges, we all have difficulties we're going through. The parable is not to kind of say, well, you can kind of ignore all that. But this is a, the good news of no matter what you are going through, there is an underlying joy that can come as you become aware of the feast in the kingdom of God, both then and how it's beginning to change your experience right now. 
there's joy you can have even in the midst of difficulty and pain. That's what this story, and it all comes down to being humble enough, unpreoccupied enough, grateful enough to let it into our hearts now. You know, the great other snapshot of this story that I want to finish with is, you know, you got the invited, you got the uninvited. And you have the servant in this story as well. And the thing I love about the servant is like the servant has one job. The servant in this story is just like, here's your job. You go out and you let people know the party's ready. That's what the servant does. And for those of us who have embraced the party and celebrated the kingdom of God in our own lives, our one job now is to go out and to compel people into the party, into the feast, into the kingdom of God. And to help them know this is for you. And, and I want you, as you read this, as you reflect on this, if you're, a, if you're somebody who has pulled up a seat at the table, at the banquet and the feast, if you pulled up your own seat, just know this, our job is to compel others and go, here's a seat for you. And, it, and, and I believe one of the things this parable wants to remind us is, and when you go looking for who to bring, Sometimes it's not about kind of going to the, the VIPs and everybody that you think is the ones who will get the invitation. The story is a reminder that the people who are most apt to respond and join you in the banquet are often the people who are the most overlooked, the uninvited. He says to the servant, go out, compel them, bring them in, go far, go wide. Go to those who are always on the outside looking in and you compel them. I think one of the best prayers we can begin to pray is, God, would you help me to open my eyes to see those who I might have overlooked, those who may feel overlooked, those who may feel certain this is not for them. Will you help me to have eyes to see them so that I might compel them and help them to know, no, this is for you. Come on. Come on. That we would be a people who are focused on helping invite and compel others, and especially those who seem the most unlikely. Those who won't know the right language to use at the party. And to get a little bit comfortable with when you start to bring in the uninvited, knowing, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's not all about having everything together. Maybe sometimes when you have everything together and everything working, what happens is it can get real easy to start to take a lot of things for granted. But how do we invite and compel the kind of people who are just like, what? You want me, there, this, for me? Yes. Come on. Yeah, I was praying this a couple weeks ago, a few weeks back probably now even, and just trying to really say, God, I really, help me to have better vision for this and who needs to hear. I found myself one night, I was pulling out from the petrol station in the evening near my house. On the exit, you go kind of behind, I saw a guy sitting there, his head was in his hands, blanket next to him. It was obvious he was in a difficult scenario. He's just sitting there like that. And so I stopped the car, just thought I'm going to walk over to see, you know, God, is there any way I can just kind of bring some of your love into, you know, this moment in his life. Clearly has had a rough day or a rough series of days. I walk over to him. I'm starting to walk towards him and he stands up. And as he's standing up as well, I'm like walking towards him and going like, I don't know, is that like a, a stand up? Like, I don't know, you know, like what's, uh... and I'm walking towards him. He's kind of walking a little towards me and all of a sudden I get about this far away and he literally goes, whoa, your aura is so strong. You must be a really good person. <laughs> and I'm like, right, can't say I've ever had that happen before. 
And I'm like, yo, hey, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not here to do you any harm, that's for sure. You know, how, I just thought I, you look like you're having a tough day. Just thought I'd see how, how you doing, how you going, you know, what, what's, what's happening. Is there anything I can help you with? Start to talk to him, chat with him. He unpacks a bit of his story for me. Just kind of get to hear about series of events, different things that have happened that have led him to this particular moment now right there. And as you talk with him, as is often the case, it's somebody whose life has some, a, a lot of challenges in it at the moment, a lot. And one of the things I started telling him was, you know, there's a lot of darkness in his life, a lot of things that led him where he was. And one of the things I told him was, you know, here's the thing. You know, there's, it's like there's dark and there's light. And I really believe God wants, you know, he wants you to walk in the light. And if you will point your life towards God and, and you get to know him in Jesus, and if you'll point your life that way and go that direction, that's how you start kind of moving in a new way. And he's like, you know what, I've felt a lot of the time like God's been sending me messengers to try and tell me that. And I just feel like you're right, and that's what I got to do. And I'm like, and that is, that's, I'm telling you, yes, that's exactly what God's trying to do. He is trying to send people into your life so that you will realize he is for you and he wants you to begin to walk this way. And we got to chat for a little while. Got to organize, a, a, tried to organize some food and things for him like that, some practical expressions as well. But then got to just, at the end, just, hey, you know, it's been great chatting, getting to know him. And I just, uh, we set something up and, and I gave him a hug. I always find, you know, for people, you know, who find themselves isolated, sometimes you can't always, like, can't fix everything, you know. And if you're, like, you can't always, maybe you don't always have money to give or this or that or whatever. But just simple human contact is a great thing for people in tough spots. Don't get kind of handshakes a lot or hugs. So I give him a hug and just giving him a hug and he's hugging me. And he's like, oh my goodness, can you feel that? <laughs> he goes, it's like your heart, mind. can you feel that? Like, can you feel that right now? And he's going like, can you feel that? And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I said, but you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. That's God wanting you to know your love. He's for you, he's here. And, and, I, and I say that just to tell you, I think, you know, certainly not to say, oh, I get it right in all these situations, but just to say, you know, uh, how do we constantly be alert going, who are the people around us? And whether it's someone in a situation like that, whether it's someone who we just feel like their life is on such a track, there's no way they'd be interested. How do we just have eyes to see who are the uninvited? Who are the people who don't normally get someone coming up to them? I could probably talk to half this room. After this service and tell you God loves you and be like, yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? And you won't hug me. I'm just kidding. Actually, don't hug me, all right? <laughs> just, I don't want to stir that pot. That might have been a, a misstep in my own mind. I'm going to go call Dave Sprem back, actually. But, but who are the people that we compel? No, 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 no. This is for you. No, 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 you're welcome. No, 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 don't worry if you don't have the words right. Now, don't worry if it feels like, nah, that's for people with their life. You got it all wrong. It's for people who just go far out. I'm invited to the table that God has prepared for me. You know, I'd love to pray for us this morning. Would you stand with me? I'm going to invite the team. They're going to come back out. But I'd love to pray, and I'd love to pray, one, for all of us. We can't compel others to that which we are not living ourselves. We can't bring people to a table we're not sitting at. We can't communicate the joy that we're not walking in in our own life. 
And I want to pray first for uh, everyone who just wants to receive that and just say, you know, God, would you make, you know, it's a great phrase, you know, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, would you restore to me joy and, and marvel and awe and wonder at who you are and how great you are. And I want to pray as well. I'm going to pray that, you know, that we as a people, now you may be someone who's here and you've never really even embraced that reality of that God is for you. You know what, today I encourage you, you know, just to very simply kind of open yourself to that. And, and I want to pray as well for us as if you're somebody who calls kind of chores, yep, this is my tribe. I'm, I'm really going to be praying just that our tribe will be that kind of crew of people who are always looking for the uninvited and who are compelling them towards the love that God has for them. So would you bow with me? And if you want to kind of be a part of this, a simple thing you can do is just open your hands up. It's a way of saying, you know what, it's not what we're going to do, but what we're going to ask God to do in us. Holy Spirit, would you come in this moment? Would you restore joy where joy needs restored? Not a joy that even comes from anything in this world, but the, the joy that comes from knowing we've been invited to the greatest celebration of all. That no matter what our current day-to-day -day experience or reality might feel like now, we know there's a bigger, larger, greater reality. And we've been invited into your kingdom. Would you come, Holy Spirit, would you pour out joy? Would you draw us near to the Father's heart? Would you let that love wash over us and flow into us? Lord, I pray we would never take for granted incredible joy of what you've done for us. Pray we'd never lose our wonder and awe. The creator of all knows our name. It's for us. Loves us and not only loves us, but has prepared a banquet for us. Release it in our hearts. Lord, I pray that as that love and joy fills us up, that it might overflow into the lives of people around us. I pray that you might give us eyes to see those with whom we can share this joy that we have received, that we can bring to the party, we can bring to the table. In all its messiness and challenges, Lord, would you help us to see who we can compel to the joy of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray you do a work in us as a people that we might always be a place and a people where your joy flows amongst us and where all feel welcomed in and know that this is for them. For them. So God, we know we can't do it on our own. We don't want to fake it. We don't want to make it something that we just try hard at, but we ask that through the power and the empowerment of your Holy Spirit within, you might bring it to reality. We pray and ask this in the almighty name of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You can give God a clap for that. Celebrate. Brings a little joy to your heart. And we are going to finish our morning with one song of celebration and joy. I think is that song called See the Light? That's what it's called, See the Light. But I just think of it like the dancing song, a bit like Michelle said. It's just, it's got a beat. It makes you want to clap. It makes you want to sing. Can we sing this? But sing it with some joy.